Welcome to the Stronger Than Steel podcast with your hosts, Austin Davidson and John Keir, talking Steelers all the time. Now, here's Austin and John. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Stronger Than Steel podcast. I am John Keir, and that is Austin Davidson. Heyo. It is season six, episode 18 of the podcast. August 24th, 2021, and Austin, today uh, was notable for it being cut-down day, the second uh, roster cut-down that we've had so far in the preseason. The Steelers trimmed their roster from 85 to 80 players. I figured it would be appropriate to start with that, and then we could talk a little bit about the Steelers and Lions' uh, week two preseason game, the third preseason game for Pittsburgh, and we could talk a little bit about what we saw uh, in that game, good and bad, and then we could get into storylines as we enter the final week of the NFL preseason. Yeah, that all sounds good to me. So the five cuts, starting with that, were Pete Guerrero, uh, the running back, Aviente Collins, the offensive tackle, Tyler Simmons, the wide receiver, Calvin Bundage, the linebacker, and most notably, I feel, was Antoine Brooks, the cornerback slash safety slash linebacker, whatever you wanted to call him. Lately, he was a cornerback. Uh, he had been having a really good tr- training camp, so his su- uh, his release was surprising, especially when they waited for Cody White to get healthy, the wide receiver. So they must think very highly of Cody White or something because they gave him the chance when he was injured. I don't really know what happened with Brooks. Uh, do you have comments about Brooks? Sure. Well, yeah, the surprise waving of Antoine Brooks Jr., as I just said, was surprising. Uh, this was the guy that was taking first-team reps at slot cornerback early in training camp and then suffered a lower leg injury. Uh, and had actually come back to practice uh, right before the game last week. Uh, didn't play, though. So the fact that he got cut is surprising. And furthermore, what also what is also surprising is that if he clears waivers, which I imagine he would, he'll revert to injured reserve. And making injured reserve at this point in the season means you are ineligible to be activated from injured reserve. You have to make the initial 53-man roster. So for Brooks, it sounds like his season is over. Yeah, that's a shame. Uh, You tweeted out, only the strongest survive where I'm at. Never know what you're going to get and the 100 emoji. Uh, it it's just unfortunate. Uh, he was obviously competing a spot for a spot, and th- he looked like he was looking really good through training camp. So I guess there's next season if he remains with the Steelers, assuming he does. But uh, it left the the Steelers very yeah, very so short at cornerback. Yeah, so next year will be year three very short. of his NFL career. So an important year for sure. He's certainly not guaranteed a roster spot. Uh, yeah, it tells me that this injury was uh, probably worse than he thought. They probably let him give it a go and practice for a couple days and was tried to see if he could handle it, but evidently he couldn't. So, like you said, the defensive back room, we've been talking about the question marks there ever since the Steelers uh, surprisingly released Steven Nelson early in the offseason. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it looks like they have their starters in place, their two safeties and their three cornerbacks, but behind those those players, there's really a ton of question marks. And we had been talking about potentially adding a backup free safety. Malik Hooker and uh, Carl Joseph had been in for visits earlier this uh, this offseason. 
but neither of them signed. So as we stand right now, the Steelers have a what seems to be a clear hole at backup free safety. And now with the placing of Antoine Brooks, uh, Antoine Brooks on injured reserve, there's now a potential issue at slot cornerback behind what we are assuming is going to be starter Cam Sutton. So uh, what is your read on this situation? Yeah, I think it's tough. I mean, you got guys like Trey Norwood and you uh, Miles Killebrews of the world, and then you have undrafted free agent Shocker Brown, and like you have guys like uh, Marcus Gilbert. These guys are like your backup guys. Like the starters are fine. I feel comfortable with the starters. I feel like even though James Pierre is unproven, I feel like through training camp he's proved himself that uh, he could be really good. And I felt like the end of last year when he got some more meaningful snaps, I thought he played really well. So I'm excited for the starters. I think that's fine. But it's just like you're put in a position where even if like a guy gets a concussion like a week or two, like you're really handicapping yourself a lot. And not only that, you're handicapping your versatility. Like what are you supposed to do for for multiple wide receiver sets? Uh, Like more than three. Your fourth, who's your fourth cornerback coming out? It's going to be really tough with that, or even just a fourth defensive back, because you, you you really just need to add to the defensive back room for versatility. Because you're telling me that your fourth cornerback is going to be Shacker Brown. It's going to be Justin Lane. That's that's all right, I guess. Justin Lane was supposed to be decent, but I mean, I'm just not very high on him. Uh, then Miles Killebrew, Miles Killebrew, and Trey Norwood don't excite anything in me. I know that they just today Terrell Austin, the defensive backs coach, said that uh, Trey Norwood is definitely in the mix to compete for the backup job, but like that doesn't inspire me a lot. Uh, it's just I feel like they need to add someone to to help for just in case of injury and for versatility matters. Like you can't, I I don't like the idea of. If you have to bring another defensive back on the field, it's going to be Justin Lee. Like th- that to me makes yeah, me well, sad. Yeah, well, the the difference between what what the Steelers were expecting to have had and what they now have is just one injury, and you've got a guy that you're really question you're really questioning whether or not a player like that is going to be a liability, whether it's Justin Lane or Shakur Brown or Arthur Millette. And I think Millette is one of those guys that actually. He's got NFL experience, but he hasn't really impressed all that much. So, you know, we've talked about other guys that the Steelers could bring in either for a visit or someone they could add late in this process, maybe a uh, a guy that gets caught a roster cut down. Even if you do that, you're talking about an adjustment process with a guy that's not familiar with the team. At this point, if you add someone, you're talking about someone that's probably not going to be up to speed for at least a few weeks. Uh, it's concerning. Uh, it's definitely a big problem, and I, I it's just it, it again fortifies my thought that the Steelers made a bad decision in the releasing of uh, Steven Nelson. And I understand that we're talking about two different cornerback positions, but I the way I see cornerback is the way that a lot of people see the wide receiver position nowadays in the NFL, which is that you cannot have too many of them. Yeah, and I mean, with Cameron Sutton, you have the versatility that you could take either cornerback right now, and it helps you. If you get an inside one, you could get you could move Cameron Sutton outside. If you have an outside one, you could move Cameron Sutton inside. It sounds like they're moving Cameron Sutton inside anyway, 
with James Pierre and Joe Hayden on the outside. So, I mean, it is what it is. And then going back to Arthur Millette, we don't even know if he'll be ready for week one. Like we, we don't, we have that question mark there too. Like, cause I, we never got an update. I just, I, cause when you said his name, I was like, why did I forget about him? And I was like, oh yeah. Cause he got injured in the last preseason game. And I don't know how bad it was, but he, tw- he tweeted out that I'll be back stronger. Hashtag God's plan, you know? So like, I, it, uh, I, who knows? Like that, That's really what it is. Like, uh, we haven't gotten an update since, so maybe that means it wasn't anything that was a big deal, but uh, it might even keep him out of a week of practice, and that still sets him back. So you know how Yeah, it is. so at this point, there's uh, in terms of internal options, there's not a lot of uh, comfort in what the Steelers have behind their starters. And uh, I know we haven't gotten to see him play all that much. What do you think about, uh, about James Pierre now? Uh, entering his second season uh, the Steelers obviously have a lot of faith in him yeah I think James Spears is like their next Mike Hilton different position because he's looking like he's projected to be the outside corner opposite Joe Hayden but uh, he's played really well I, I feel like and t- again towards the end of, of the season last season I thought that when he got meaningful snaps he did really well with them so I feel more confident in in him even though he's unproven but i think i think we're in good hands with the starters i need to see more before i'm convinced but i at least feel more comfortable than i had if maybe if i hadn't seen the last couple of preseason games that he's played okay i can't pull up i can't pull up this guy's uh page we had we had been talking a little bit about potential outside free agents and one of them we were talking about was Pierre Desir who was just released uh just released by the Seattle Seahawks as a potential replacement in the slot because one thing to one thing to keep in mind is that even though Cam Sutton can be a slot corner a lot of teams will play four receiver sets now so it's certainly plausible that a team is going to need the team is going to need two slot cornerbacks and I know Arthur Millette could count as one but, I mean, do you really want Arthur Millette out there? I mean, I don't. I mean, I know he's played a bit, but, I mean, that's that's not a recipe for success. No, not at all. Uh, I, I really hope that they just get someone out from the outside or at the final cut there's someone that's at least a decent hit. Oh, and then the there's the other hole that we've like been talking about, which is, uh, which is at backup free safety. Uh, as I mentioned, the Steelers had the likes of Carl Joseph and Malik Hooker in for visits, and neither signed. Yeah, that's tough. You're left with Killebrew and Trey Norwood. Literally, like that's that's basically who your backups are. Uh, if, if they go for a fifth safety, which I can't see it, like I don't even know who they'd pick. Donovan Steiner. Like I, I don't. Here are some names available on the free agent market. uh, There's Trey Boston, Kenny Vaccaro, uh, Andrew Sandejo, DJ Swearinger, Will Parks, and Tedrick Thompson. Those are the safeties listed on Mm. NFLTradeRumors.co's top 100 available free agents. Will Parks 
would be my favorite out of those, but still not amazing. I, I think it would be an upgrade to Norwood for sure. Yeah, probably be Will Parks played meaningful snaps in Denver uh, as a start, uh, not as a starting safety, I just as a safety. So probably better than Killebrew too. Was George I yeah, I think from I safety? think he'd be my favorite from that list. Pro Football Ref. Uh, I'm Pro Football sure Reference strong, says he played, but both. I'm not completely positive. On he that. is. He is a. Uh, uh, he is yeah, a free I've, agent. I mentioned Kenny Vaccaro, right? Uh, here's another name. Jordan yeah, you Dangerfield said Kenny Vaccaro. Kenny Vaccaro is a strong safety. Jordan Dangerfield. There's not a lot of names Special here, man. Teams, man. Mm. Yeah, I mean, we're really looking for that final cut down. I'm assuming it's next Tuesday. I think it was all Tuesdays. It was one week, one week, one week. I think, I think that's how they did it this year with the three cut downs. So next cut down is getting from 80 to 53. So... There will hopefully be an, maybe a surprising name there for safety. Maybe someone that's a little too expensive. Well, either way, it's not good. Either safety that, or corner. Uh, that maybe? whole conversation spawning from the waving of Antoine Brooks Jr. Uh, the other four cuts, uh, you know, none of them I think any big surprises. Pete Guerrero was a late add to the team. Speedy, but uh, was going to have his work cut out for him. That running back room was pretty large. Yeah, no, I, I, I got two. I predicted two on Twitter, two of the five, and Guerrero was like basically a guarantee, and Avante Collins got surpassed by Chaz Green, like as soon as Chaz Green got there. So, I knew he was coming off, but yeah, those Simmons two were I felt like was a pretty Guerrero basically easy, had no chance. Uh, one to go after two. Uh, Isaiah McCoy being cut was simply because the Steelers had. I think they had 10 receivers, so they had three full teams of receivers and then an extra, so they continued to cut into that. And Calvin Bundage was definitely not long for the roster, seeing as how his name was never even put on the depth chart. No. Yeah, it, didn't, it just didn't make sense to keep him around. I think, I think that they basically... The guys they want to look at at linebacker... Uh, they already have like they they have the guys that they're like the Ulysses Gilbert and uh, Marcus Allen for the inside and then you got like a whole battle going on at outside linebacker with Jameer Jones and Quincy Roche and uh, Cassius Marsh so linebacker right, room you was pretty get into full for storylines as we too. get into the final preseason game and or do you want to talk about the preseason game? Okay. Uh, we could get, um, go to the storyline. I, I just feel the, like there isn't as much to talk about with game. the preseason game, so I feel like it'll be easier to talk about at the end. So, uh, yeah, as we go into the final week of the preseason, obviously there will be a drastic cut down from 80 players to 53, and then the, I believe, 16-man practice squad will be announced a few days later. So we're going to kind of go where we feel like there's something to talk about in terms of the roster squeeze. And to start, I'm talking about running back and the question is there's two questions really number one how many halfbacks are the Steelers going to keep on the roster and depending on how many they keep who is going to get squeezed out 
Uh, I feel pretty comfortable in saying, based on the body of work, that Jalen Samuels is probably a safe cut. But the question beyond that is, do the Steelers keep three or four? And if they keep three, does that mean Benny Snell gets squeezed out too? It, it would be tough. It's going to be tough because Benny Snell's been injured. It really stinks that he got injured, like, for him as a, as a person and just, like, in general. Because uh, at first I joked that when Daryl Henderson first went down, I said, mm, trade Benny Snell to the, the Rams. And then it's really no one would trade for Benny Snell, so it was a joke. And then then the uh, Rams lost their next their next running back. And then uh, they just got... Cam Akers. Uh, I'm sorry, they didn't lose Daryl Henderson. They, they lost Cam Akers and then left... Yeah, my my bad. I I reversed the running backs. Then they lost Raymond Calais, who's having a good uh a good time. And now Daryl Henderson is banged up a little bit, but he should be good there. But so Benny Snell was injured. It literally could have been a possibility to trade him to the Rams. But so it's just unfortunate that he he's gotten like no practice since the beginning of preseason and training camp. Like he got hurt so early, and who knows when he'll be ready. We saw them just wave Antoine Brooks injured and he was playing well so why not what well how benny snell's position is far from safe i he's not wide receiver i'm sorry he's not running back one he's not he's he was fighting for running back two with anthony mcfarland and granted anthony mcfarland had a bad showing kind of the last preseason game and stuff and he hasn't been amazing in training camp so it's been a competition but really it's been like, Kalen ba- uh, Ballage uh, has been the only one showing out in the running back room, and I don't think he's going to win running back too, but I don't, think, I don't think Snell is guaranteed, but I feel like he is going to get a roster spot. Yeah, well, you know, it's tough. He's a guy that you really think could have benefited from playing. I think unless if he had a horrible game where he fumbled twice, I think just playing would have been enough for him. Uh, you know, Mike Tomlin's a big fan of his. So the fact that he hasn't gotten any action kind of makes you wonder, do you see a situation possible where we just talked about Brooks Jr. on injured reserve and the fact that you have to make the initial 53-man roster to be eligible for IR to return? Do you think that he could make the initial 53 and then could get put on injured reserve? That is a strong possibility because now with the new IR rules brought in last year that they're continuing on into this year, he could return week three if he was ready, if they really wanted him that quick. So it's definitely a possibility to get him on the original 53 and then continue, uh, then put him on IR and then take whoever was the last man that you took off. Uh, I'm pretty sure we saw that it, it was before these the new IR rules, but I'm pretty sure with Nat Burr we did that. Nat Burr got removed from the initial 53 man roster as a uh, to put someone on the IR, and then Nat Burr just came back to the roster. Like I remember being like, "Damn, we cut our the, like one of the only free agents we added that year." But yeah, so it wouldn't even be the if first time the Steelers did were that. Were Kevin Colbert? Which one of these guys are you squeezing out, assuming you keep three? Personally, I just, I, I don't think Samuels really fits in. Like, we know what Samuels is. 
We he's not a young gun anymore. He doesn't need any more years to see what he's going to turn into. Samuels is what Samuels is. So I think he could go. But it's it's kind of tough cuz you know what's funny? I think he's I think he's he's been better than Snell. And I mean his availability is better than Snell's availability for sure. So but Snell still is young and has chance to become something still. It's going to be tough as like a running back two or three behind Najee Harris, who's basically an every down back. And there's no reason for Snell to be on this team with Najee because Snell doesn't do anything better that, than Harris is going to do. So it's tough, and I, th- I think I would prefer Samuels, actually. So you, but you're saying you would keep I think Sa- Samuels Snell is the over one Belage going if it came to it? I'm. I was saying. I was saying. Oh, I absolutely three, not. I'm not sorry. Four. No, <laughs> but Balage. So you're saying it's not even like a contest for you oh, if it comes down to three. Oh you already know no. Three. Oh, if if it comes down to Easy. three, it's Harris, McFarland, and Balage. Yeah, because well, yeah, easy. I like it's. It's not even a contest. Benny Benny Snell is just. He doesn't really do anything good, and I, I, I really, that's pretty harsh, but it's just he feels like the next Jalen Samuels because that's exactly what Jalen Samuels is. He doesn't do anything really good. Snell occasionally for, like, has had really flashes. I guess Snell's had flashes plays. too, but I don't... Yeah, just out of nowhere. So I, I don't know. I, th- I just think that. Uh, Balaj might be a, a better option going forward. I liked his receiving abilities. I think his receiving abilities are better than Snell's, uh, and that's just enough for me. Like if you're if you're a good receiving back at running back three, you're you're right, good. Wide receiver, <laughs> you be the on top the four guys are locked in. Ray Ray McLeod has been number five. Is there any chance someone else like a Matthew Sexton can push for receiver number five, or is there even a chance that the Steelers keep six? Uh, because Sexton had another really good return on Saturday night. And even though he hasn't had a ton of plays at receiver, we know that that last uh, spot on the roster usually tends to be more about special teams. And with Ray Ray McLeod being essentially on the roster because of his special teams ability, I could see a situation where maybe Sexton pushes McLeod for that spot. And, uh, you know, if the Steelers feel they have the flexibility to keep six, I could also see that too. Yeah, I think that Sexton definitely should have a chance at least going to this last game to see what he could do, see if he could put up something. But unfortunately, we talked about this for the punter battle, or I did, is that the Steelers will elect for familiarity almost every time and, and if, it, if it's close. And I think that really Sexton hasn't really done enough through the air on offense to, to say that uh, McLeod should come off. Because McLeod's been playing and he's he's been getting catches in in the preseason, which doesn't really mean much. But Sexton hasn't like Sexton hasn't really been there. And yeah, he has the the punt returns and stuff in preseason, but McLeod has that in the regular season. And it's like you play special teams kind of against the backups. It's usually how it works. But like Sexton's playing against the backups to the backups, <laughs> basically. Uh, so I think that they're gonna elect for. McLeod and I, I personally also think McLeod should make it. I, I prefer McLeod over Sexton if it came down to that. 
uh, because I, I I still think his return his special teams ability was is likely better. It's like the best we've seen last year was like the best year we've seen our special teams, and I don't know how long with everything. And I I wouldn't want to shake it up for uh for wide receiver five personally, but I think if wide receiver six uh is an option this year, I think that Sexton could make that push because he has that special teams ability, and uh, seems solid. I heard good things for training camp, One but again, like, nothing really through games. through preseason so far for him. Yeah, that's likely not going to get you to the roster when you have another guy. Now, and I know that, that uh, really fits in the Matt I know that Canada's there offense. There was uh, there was a game flow situation where the Steelers were just trying to run out the clock last week, so they weren't exactly throwing the ball to end the game. But there were shorter lines last week too, and didn't receive a target. So, uh, real quick, wanted to backtrack with Snell. How many touches, assuming he's healthy, do you want to see Benny Snell have next week? Uh, as many as possible. Give him an audition for another team. Help him out. Like that. That's basically it. I mean, I, I want to, if anything, I feel like he should basically be the running back for most of the game. I guess it's going to probably, it's probably going to be him, Tony Brooks, James. I don't think McFarland plays. And I guess it's just the four and Balage, you know, like Samuels and Balage. But I think if Schnell is healthy, he should be playing like, 60% of that game try and audition any as much as possible get as many snaps as everyone backs, else did they're just going to stick with three through the first it's tough this year I mean defense has a lot of guys that you want to keep uh, if they can't trade anyone on defense I would prefer to elect for three uh, when you know that Najee Harris if you try to Najee Harris in the first round saying that he's going to be like He's going to be a workhorse. You got to make him the workhorse. And you can't be worrying about wide receiver. I mean, uh, I keep saying wide receiver. You can't be worrying about running back four when you have two other running backs and a a fullback, assumingly, on the roster. So uh, I would personally elect for only three running backs this year. I just don't like... I just don't like the running back position, man. I, I feel like I've hammered that home. But I, I, I would elect for less running backs with... Harris on the roster. If you're Harris should be on should be in every number down three running tight end is another spot to look for. at. Uh, Kevin Rader had a nice opening to camp, but kind of faded down the stretch. And Zach Gentry, though, uh, kind of quiet early in camp, has kind of rebounded to have a solid uh, end of camp. Rader the better blocker, but Gentry the better receiver. Uh, should be a pretty good battle going into the final week here. I I don't know where I'm leaning right now. Yeah, I mean, the potential with Gentry is just so huge with his height and size, but it depends on how much the Steelers have left in their hopes for him. You know what I'm saying? Like, how much they could wait to see if he turns into something. It's been a while. I mean, Kevin Rader is, like, a guaranteed good blocker. Like, you're, you're getting you're getting your, yourself a solid blocker at, at tight end three, and that's kind of what you want. You have two... Pretty solid receiving tight ends. Not really blocking tight ends yet. Fryermuth might get there, but I think he still needs like another year. You typically you do need that for tight ends. Ebron, we know what he what he is. He has the willingness to block, but he's just not very good at it. But he he does have he is a receiving threat. 
Uh, I think that personally, it makes more sense to keep Raider as a team that is competing this year. I think that it make it, it, it would make more sense to take him over Gentry because Gentry just isn't there yet. I I feel like like he's still he's we're still waiting to see if he could turn into something great. And I mean, you kind of you just directed Fryer moves, so now you're kind of you're basically admitting that yeah, you're kind of done with the Zach Gentry pro project for now. It's on the back burner, so Gentry could uh, stay on the practice squad. I think that Raider stays on the roster, and Gentry comes to the practice squad, assuming no team sees a six foot eight tight end. At the end of like, the day, oh, I think it comes let me to take him for who a spin. has better value in terms of what the offense is this year. Uh, you would think that with a more run-heavy approach, more movement, you'd think that it would lend itself more to a guy like Raider, but I don't know. Maybe, uh, well, and here's something that probably won't happen, but we t we kind of jokingly talk about Eric Ebron being cut. What if they managed to trade Ebron for something, for like a slot cornerback? Uh, I know that leaves tight end number two wide open here, but I, I'd... I don't know. I still feel like there is something to be said for Gentry at this point, especially with the fact that they also invested a draft pick in him. Um, I could see it going either way. Yeah, it's tough to call. Gentry actually had a, even though he wasn't, he didn't get a catch last game. I thought he, he had a good block. In, in He's the definitely a better blocker than so he, he was two years ago. He showed some development at, at the very least. Yeah, he's he, so he's shown improvement, and that has value. No, I do you think there's a I chance don't think they keep so. four tight ends? I think ends? they're closer is that, to two is there than something four. It's just hard to chance? keep that many in the NFL these days, just because of the limited roster flexibility. And honestly, we've seen the Steelers so often use that extra lineman, and I think Joe Haig is in that supposed to be in that role this year as that extra tight end. Uh, I don't think they mind keeping two and having Derek Watt be the th uh, number three tight end in a pinch. That would be pretty good, because Watt has really good receiving ability, so that wouldn't so, be that bad. That makes sense. Yeah. I, I agree with you. I think, you that, I think that... You mentioned Raider, or sorry, before. Gentry is but a potential practice anyway. squad guy that some other teams might value. Do you cons is it? Are you that worried about it that... You try not to sneak him through waivers. You just keep him and keep Raider since you figure no one else will keep him or try to snag him. It's definitely a game of cat and mouse here because I I don't I don't remember if we talked about this on another episode, but I have like deja vu. I'm pretty sure I said this about the two. I would be more worried about cutting Gentry and him being picked up than Raider, but I think Raider. I, I I already said that I, I I think Raider is better on the practice uh, on the 53 man this year and Gentry is better on the practice squad in, in emergency, so it's it's risk reward. I I feel like if you cut Kevin Raider, no one's gonna want him. While Gentry could have some suitors because of his yeah, his size be and intangible. Interesting thing to look at. Uh, I just mentioned Joe Haig. Him and Dan Moore seem to be in full competition for the swing tackle job. Uh, Dan Moore had been playing pretty well at left tackle. Uh, finally started getting reps at right tackle, though, a position he hasn't played, uh, I think, since early in his college career, maybe even longer. And this is a guy that uh, showed well but uh, struggled with his right tackle snaps in practice, as you might expect. 
but he's doing a really good job out on the left side, Austin. I thought he played pretty well again uh, on Saturday. Yeah, I so wish we got it recorded. When when I first watched this tape, and was like, this dude's going to win the swing tackle job right after the draft, literally in April or early May. When I watched it, I think it was early May. When I watched this tape, I was like, this guy's going to win the swing tackle job over Joe Haig. He is so good. And here we are. Might not win the job because, I don't know, the Steelers might want to elect for a veteran, but I think he's better than Joe Haig. In my personal opinion, I think that uh, he's played really well through preseason, and I think that he's definitely. I think he should win the swing tackle job. There's a whole. There's more. How I was just talking about it's a game of cat and mouse with the tight ends. This is a very deep thing here because you almost want Joe Haig to not play, not just because he sucks or because he's bad. I, I don't want to say he's bad. He hasn't gotten a snap with the Steelers, but he was bad with the Buccaneers. Um, but you can't cut a player outright to gain a compensatory pick back. However, because they changed the rules. However, the rules have not changed for snap percentage. So snap percentage is something that's considered when picking comp picks. So Haig is literally the bottom qualifying for comp picks. He's like the last contract. If he doesn't play at all this year, if... Dan Moore takes all the swing tackle snaps. The Steelers are likely to get themselves back a sixth that Haig is canceling out from Mike Hilton. So there is a lot to root for with Dan Moore. Not that just he's a young player that looks good, but it also helps the Steelers with future picks because they don't have, at the moment, a fifth, sixth, or seventh round without comp picks. Considered. I'm sorry, they don't have a, a fourth, fifth, or sixth without comp picks considered. Uh just at the moment. So them getting a six back would be nice if more could just now, uh, play from the get It's important to note that Haig and um, more switched sides this past week. So more played right tackle. And according to his PFF grade, he had his worst grade of the preseason at a 61, but in 47 snaps did not allow a single pressure. Joe Haig allowed two pressures and 16 snaps on the left side in the game against the lions. Yeah, it's tough. He's outplaying him. And I mean, I just think of that play last week when he got spun around, Haig. That, that just, it's just tough. Like, I can't believe that, that was such a bad contract. Just going back at that, like, why why did Haig get anything more than the veteran minimum? Why is this even a qualifying comp pick uh, contract anyway? This was, this was, this was one I of the told, worst contracts I've seen. I told you I've at seen. the it's time, so too. Like, this guy is not Something good. Something so small. Yeah, that, that, that was tough. It's tough to... Like, for a vet minimum, how could I complain? Collins. Like, Avante Collins. Aviante William... Uh, uh, Aviante... Why can't I just remember his name? Yeah. Like, he just... Like, he was a veteran minimum guy. Like, I, I'm not mad that he got cut. Like, was was Joe Haig really that required that we needed to give him more than $2 million per year? I, I And on a two-year contract? I... I don't get it. That was a really bad contract. Yeah, I, I just remember was he was the, the guy head. that when everything was going wrong in Tampa Bay earlier in the year, he was the guy that everyone was like, this guy is causing so many problems along the offensive line because he's not good. And that's no offense to him on a personal level. 
But again, I don't know why you give out that contract. And it, it seems like the Steelers are almost rushing Dan Moore, trying to get him snaps on the right side, hoping he catches on quickly so that they might be able to get this comp pick back. So, I don't know. Um, I'd rather have both guys than just one. But if you have Hay, he's going to end up playing at some point. I mean, let's be honest. So, um, is that sixth-round pick worth a lot to you, considering all the picks the Steelers have given up already? Uh, maybe. And, uh, you know, I understand if that's how the team may feel. But there's certainly problems here and you also have to hope that dan moore doesn't get stunted in his growth because the steelers are rushing him to try to get him on the other side where he's not used to playing because you have to be able to play both tackle positions if uh if you're going to be the swing tackle guy a hundred percent yep uh i i think that keeping both makes sense I just feel like treating it like a uh, Brandon Boykin situation where Boykin was like Until given the fair minimum amount of snaps, uh, and then uh, it, it, yeah, literally. So that's what I'd prefer with Haig. Like he's a just in case option that's still there. That if there's like two in, God forbid, knock on wood somewhere that there's like two injuries on the offensive line that cause him to have to play, that you still have him, but. I if the Steelers stay healthy, I just want to see Dan Moore. Uh, as far part. as the interior goes, Moore. I don't have a ton to say, mostly because we don't know exactly how many they're keeping. But we know the three guys they're keeping, and then it's a question of you know the starters and Turner, Green, and uh, Kevin Dotson. And then the question would be, do they keep two interior linemen or do they keep three? And if they keep two, who gets squeezed out? There's Hassenauer, Finney, and Rashad Coward. Uh, of those three, who do you think is the most locked in? Because I think it's Hassenauer right now. I think it's Hassenauer, too. I think they really liked him. I mean, he's still listed as the starting center on their website, which I don't think that's going to last for much longer. But I do actually think that they liked him and uh, that he had a strong camp. They obviously do not care about an undersized center. They went and grabbed a undersized center in the third round, so... Uh, they're not worried about that with Hassenhauer. I, I think that he might not provide the versatility that Finney does, but I think that Finney is like at the end of his career. Like his his best days were when he was backing up Ramon Foster, and I really thought he was the really Seahawks. good and that he could start. But as soon as he went to the Bengals, and or the Seahawks, then the Bengals. Seahawks, then the Bengals. I think they view uh, then, him more as a guard it, it now. It just all went and downhill like, from Hassan there. Like, is the center, and they see Finney as the guard. Yeah, that that could be possible, Well, that's too. what I was going to say. Think that, I Coward think like is Coward an interesting player, Finney, because I feel like they don't want to cut him. Yeah, yeah, let's so let's get to that now, real quickly. Derwin the Steelers, Gray is on the market, former seventh round draft pick Derwin something. Gray, who was yearly there's one Steelers player that gets lost on waivers. You know the Tuzar Skippers, the uh, uh, Deontay Spencers, the Derwin Grays, the Fred Johnson, Deontay Spencer, and uh, here's here's Derwin Gray back on the market. Uh, I'd definitely be giving him a call. I'd uh, I'd bring him in and cut. You know, I don't know anyone <laughs> not anyone but you know 
Um, John, no offense to John LeGlue, but I'd be, uh, I'd say, see you later, alligator. Yeah, I mean, maybe LeGlue could come back to the practice squad, the 16-man, when that happens. But, yeah, I, I would like to give Derwin Gray another spin because that one hurt. I mean, like, it, it wasn't even like he got claimed by, like, the 20th team. He got claimed by literally the first team that had priority on him, and we never found out if anyone else put in a, a claim for him. But obviously he's back on the market, so the Jaguars didn't like what they that, saw That's him. a team that is run uh, by... But they also didn't I'm like sorry, what they I saw just, in Josh Overt, so... It just hell about that coaching staff. Oh yeah, I mean yeah, it's a brand new coaching staff. That Derwin Gray was not one of their players, and so I would love to give Derwin Gray another shot with Pittsburgh. Well, and I, I didn't I, like as him I recall, leaving it was in the like first an place. That really made me sad. With that whole so, roster spot, as I remember. I think you're right. I can't remember why, but I, 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 it's really funny. I remember where I was, but I can't remember why I was so mad about it. There was definitely another option that someone should have been I'm cut first. Look that up because I'm kind of curious. You were at a Wegman's. Wow. I was at a Wegman's, by the way. I was at a, in a Wegman's. I was wow. in a Wegman's parking lot in Scranton, Pennsylvania. <laughs> I. Yeah, I like I I just I remember walking out of the supermarket and being so frustrated because like why did they cut him? Like they could they could have cut someone else and they would have lasted until an article from Steelers and now. <sighs> I I don't remember. Um. Oh, you know what it was? The Steelers promoted T. Gray Scales and Matthew Wright. That was when Chris Boswell was in protocol, or was injured. One of those two. Uh, it was, it was to bring up to Grace. That's scales. why it was so frustrating because you knew it God, was a that guy is slow thing. as hell. And it was like if you cut this guy now, he's gonna get claimed. And sure enough, that's what happened. And to Grace Scales got it cut like last week officially like for maybe the last so time. Times, we'll see. It's a wonder they didn't bleed to death. Uh. <laughs> on the other side uh it sounds Dang, like uh you know again the defensive line <laughs> is deep uh you know outside of the starting three there's a potential battle between isaiah bugs and carlos davis what about henry mondo the kickoff specialist and uh isaiah loudermilk and what about chris wormley who we thought may be safe but he could potentially be cut too uh, even if the Steelers keep seven defensive linemen here, there's going to be a potentially rosterable player that gets lost here. So, I mean, how do you see this one shaking out? This is a deep group. Yeah, this sucks because they're so deep and there's so many guys to like. Uh, Mondo has been, like, a favorite for, like, his contribution on special teams, like, Kiesel, Isaiah Bugs was originally considered a guy that was kind of like maybe an odd man looking out, but he's had a really good uh, preseason so far with pressure and stuff. Uh, Carlos Davis, another guy that was kind of, it kind of felt like Davis versus Bugs because they were fighting each other at the end of last season for God knows what. Uh, but he's done solid. But I feel like Davis is going to be one of the ones cut. Uh, see, it's so tough. It's so tough to project how it's going to shape up. I would ideal. I don't know if anyone's gonna want him, but 
I would ideally like to trade well, the thing one. Is, they probably they value them more than the, anyone else. The but Bugs and Davis are uh, both guys. It's just there's that you so many the you want to like. keep. Yeah, it's tough. You got the starters into it, Alu Alu, and uh, Hayward. From there, it just gets so so difficult. It's why the the running you got to keep running backs at three, because keeping running backs at three gives you potential to keep seven defensive linemen. Uh, it, it's not likely to happen, but it gives you the opportunity to do so if you want to. And there's there's a lot of guys worth keeping on the defensive line. With Mondo having special teams ability, it kind of might give you that flexibility. And having the versatility to change out the D-line like that is something that you lack in defensive back room. Or and, and, and linebackers are pretty flexible too, but being able to uh, be versatile with your defensive line kind of helps with lack of versatility with the defensive backs, if that makes sense. It gives you more defensive and Outside linebacker, there's a similar overall. squeeze with the potential fourth or fifth coming down to a group of three in uh, Cassius Marsh, Quincy Roche, and Jameer Jones. Uh, I think all three of those guys have played well, and I would imagine that uh, the Steelers are going to try to keep five of those guys, so I think realistically it's who gets cut and gets put on the practice squad. Yeah. I think it's going to end up being Roche. I think that uh, he... I th I think that the rookie uh, is going to end up there cause, just because... Because he's newer to the team. Him... Oh no! Actually, Quincy, Quincy Roche is, is the newest. Or was is, he there before the draft? Uh, was a draft pick this remember. year in the sixth round, and I want to say Roche was a guy that came out last year as an undrafted free agent and had to sit the whole year. Signed from Notre Dame. Jameer Jones. Second year, and we signed oh, second year professional young, outside he was linebacker in 2021. Second Jones. year, so. Ah. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> That's a shame. But, uh, regardless, Jameer Jones is just the new Tazar sk skipper. I've now given up caring about the edge rusher that just absolutely goes off in the preseason that the Steelers couldn't give a single, uh, couldn't give anything about. It's just, Jameer Jones played probably the best out of the, the three in terms of stat production. He is likely to be the one that's cut, though. It's just how how, how it's going to be. Desire Skipper literally played his his ass off the, uh, that preseason and got cut. I mean, apparently no team wants to keep him. I think he's with the Falcons right now, but uh, I, I don't. I'm not, I, I'm done caring about. Well, at the, the end of the day, it matters. That breaks it, out as we learned, it matters so. all about special teams. Uh, I think that he. Yeah, and I can't say Jameer Jones had anything memorable. I'm probably forgetting something on special teams, but I don't know if any of the others had anything in, in the preseason either. I, I can't no. think of. Anything I just can't believe that. Jameer Jones is is Jerron Jones's younger brother, and I never even knew that. It's tough. I wonder. I wonder if I played say. against this kid when we like were in the middle James school. Like the James Pierce stuff. Going Pierre. back. 
I didn't technically play against him. Our, our yeah, because you played against, against Jaron. I, I didn't play against him. Good God, that would have been bad. Because I was I was just a sophomore, and I obviously wasn't <laughs> on the first team at that point. But I digress. So wow, that that's kind of cool. So I, on a personal note, I'm definitely rooting for Jameer Jones now. But uh, what was I gonna say? Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, it all comes down to special teams, which you would think would give the edge to Marsh right now, but if either of those guys can stick out on special teams, they'll have a chance. Yeah, I, I don't you know say, if anyone do you, has the you edge say that, on special teams. You make that pun on in purpose? That room. Not sure. That Who has the edge? <laughs> no, because I don't even know what pun I made. Oh, the edge. <laughs> I didn't even realize. Well, that, I didn't I'll, do it I'll on purpose, like but um, we pretend like I did. Robert, Robert Spillane and Ulysses Gilbert III have hey, uh, <laughs> not had probably the least happy about the fact that Joe Schobert was added to the room, uh, Spillane losing his starting job, and I think Gilbert III probably being the odd man out at the linebacker position. A highly promising guy after his rookie season struggled with back injuries last season and has really struggled this uh, preseason with missing tackles and uh, being out of position. I think he could be the end of the line for him. Yeah, I really thought Marcus Allen was going to be the uh, odd guy out this year, but it looks like UG3 kind of pushed himself out. Like you said, it just hasn't had a good year. I mean, anything could surprise me. Uh, UG3, they really loved him before his injuries, and maybe they'll hold on to that love. But, I mean, I think Marcus Allen La- is going to make Last it position battle to talk about is Presley Harvin versus Jordan Berry for the final it. time. Hey, 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 you're disrespecting oh, yeah, other Christian. Yeah, position well, battle. You want to touch on that real quick? Long snapper battle. <laughs> I, I, on a, I feel like I was the first person on that. I really, I got to look back at our episodes. I'm fairly confident we had an episode where I said Canada was the second highest paid long snapper. There is a high chance that if the Steelers were willing to sacrifice, I think it was... Barry's money. It was, I think it was literally about Harvin because when I was like, they paid Barry for no reason. I'm sure that they would just cut a long snapper if he's overpaid. And Canada is the second highest paid long snapper, and he's not perfect. Like if you're the second highest paid long snapper, you better be perfect. And I think I I think Coons is gonna win this job. I really do. I I think that Canada's job is far from untouchable, and with him being paid as a hot the second highest paid long snapper in the league i i'm pretty sure i i i felt like Koontz was gonna have a good shot at this i think he's still gonna win it i think that the fact that he's not cut right now that he's not searching for an nfl team tells me that he's gonna win this job interesting because what what other oh, you, no. do you need to, no, he's not, not playing tight end what do you you they yeah, like because uh he was a tight end long snapper when he first arrived with the Steelers and been cut like five times but then they're just like nope you're just a long snapper we'll we'll admit to that and so like what what other reason would you keep two long snappers you got rid of your other kicker when you have a really good kicker that risks getting hurt you're gonna say that it's because you don't want to hurt your long snapper 
I I don't think so. I I just I I, I highly doubt that when you mm-hmm. cut Sam Sloman and uh, let Chris Boswell play. Little note I wanted to add: the felony so charges brought against Teron Jones have since been dropped for whatever that's worth. Doubt it. Ah, maybe he'll make a return Anyhow, to the practice squad um, this year. Yeah, and then the last one, Harvin <laughs> and Barry. Uh, I'd <laughs> I'd throw Barry out there, and I'd slip something in his drink that makes him boot it a little bit further at <laughs> this time, if possible, and see if you can get a seventh for him. <laughs> uh, that would be great. That would be so great if we were able to trade Jordan Barry and. We saw Brad Wing get traded, so it's not out of the realm of possibilities, but this battle's really coming down to the wire. This last game was supposed to be a punting battle, and then, um, because hashtag Ben Roethlisberger's is, uh, is, is washed, I couldn't think of the word, uh, the only time they punted was the first drive, because, and that's sarcasm, I feel like I have to point that out before I get yelled at sarcasm but yeah no they did that, that was the only time they punted it was only Harvin when it was supposed to be a battle we Barry didn't even get a chance to punt in that game but uh yeah it's coming down to the wire I hope that next game uh they get more opportunities to go head to head Barry gets a chance to show off to another team that ooh shiny I'm worth a seventh <laughs> and we go we go with Harvin the battle is really interesting Alex Gazora charted Every like all the snap times and stuff. He didn't. He wasn't able to do like drop to foot time because that's like impossible when he's not down there. But he did like the hang times and stuff. He did the top five hang times, the bottom five hang times, the top five yards, the bottom five yards, the average yards for both. And it's like they ha- they both have their strengths and weaknesses. Harvin is going to be the most inconsistent player where he has like the top two hang times and like all the the longest puns the top five of them but he also has i think all but one of the bottom five punts from training camp but like he's just got that potential to have a rocket of a punt that barry doesn't and the hang time is so good with him it's like this is i you can't really come down to the wire more than this like they're they both have their arguments the Minnesota Vikings for why they should traded stay. a fifth-round pick to get Kyrie Vedvik from the Ravens, who then lost the, the kicking battle with Dan Bailey. That was tough. That was recent. That, he, that he was like, that I was think he really went like bad. seven Vedvik to seven in the really preseason, good. and then lost and, to and, Dan Bailey. And let's see, he's played in one career game. That you want to talk about throwing away a pick? That is throwing away a pick. You have yeah. to think they can get no, something just... for him. Yeah, I I hope so. I hope that they get something for Barry. I hope they get like a conditional seventh. Like, hey, if he's on the roster halfway through the season, uh, yeah, seventh. Since we're running, maybe not be nice. super long, but since we're about at an hour here, do you want to not talk about the pre the Lions preseason game? We could talk about that next episode. Uh, and kind of combine that with our preview since there isn't a ton to talk about with the fourth and final preseason game, and we could just kind of clean up with some NFL headlines here. All right. Uh, First thing to mention is the Jets. The Jets continue to have a tough season even without uh, having played any games yet. They lost Carl Lawson for the season with a torn ACL. 
Yeah, that's tough. I think Carl Lawson's one of the more underrated players in the NFL. I really liked him as a Bengal. Like, he, he was really good. And the Jets said, well, he's not underrated to us and gave him a fat contract that I felt like he was worth. Just sucks. Man's had he has had an injury problem for most of his career. He started his career this way and now tore his ACL again. I feel for him. It sucks. That was a big signing. Uh, look for the Jets are actively looking to trade someone though. Uh, they're trying to look for a pass rusher to fill that void. So watch out for them if the Steelers could can't keep all of their defensive linemen. Uh, there could be a chance the Jets come calling, but I think they're looking for something bigger. I think that they're in the market for like. Chandler they Jones, also lost Vinny Curry for the entire year. Wanted out of Arizona. Play. Well, and Gerard Davis uh, had an Jets ankle had injury. He's out for a couple injuries. months. And just today, Makai Becton left with a possible concussion. Yeah, then their, that backup safety that wasn't likely to make the roster, he tore his patella. I think his name was Zane. Zane something. Uh, then their rookie, Elijah Moore, had a scare, and he was out of practice for, like, a few days. More tough injury tough luck. Injury uh, James luck Robinson fans are going to be excited because it seems as though Travis Etienne, the rookie running back from uh, Clemson of the Jacksonville Jaguars, suffered a Liz Frank tear and is most likely done for the year. Yeah, so that's it. Oh, he's done. They put him on IR. Yeah, but since it's before the season, mm -hmm. he can't come back. So his season is over before it began. Anytime you see, anytime you see Liz Frank, recovery, assume you know, the worst. Which so that would have. Yeah, that's it's a bad injury to have. It takes it's a long recovery time. It's just bad. It's only a sprain. That from what injury I heard, essentially sprain, ended like Santonio Holmes's sprain, career. But. Uh, we have some COVID silly yeah, silliness to talk about. Uh, the Buffalo Bills have, uh, I want to say, four players in quarantine after being considered close contacts, including Cole Beasley, Gabriel Davis, Vernon Butler, and star Ludalele. Uh Matt Milano and A.J. Klein were also sent home out of precaution. So there's that. Uh, Buccaneers kicker Ryan Suckup tested positive for COVID-19 after... Uh, after dinner and is out for the upcoming preseason game. And there, due to some sort of misunderstanding about testing, Cam Newton is going to be sidelined for a period of time, which uh, Bill Belichick is clearly not happy about saying, quote, oh, lost the quote. When asked about if it was a big opportunity for Jones, Belichick said it is, uh, meaning that, this could give Mac Jones the opportunity to take the starting job with uh, Cam Newton out. Uh, any thoughts on all this? Uh, Cam Newton trash? <laughs> no, but seriously, um, it's a good opportunity for Mac Jones to, to solidify that, hey, he can be just as good as Cam Newton. They've had a pretty good battle through the preseason. I think that Newton wins it because it's been pretty – pretty even so to say but i mean if covid i with if newton remains unvaccinated like you're he's opening up the option for jones to start at any point this year and keep it and i, I mean, mean that could have just regardless just of done if he that gets now. COVID or not because i truthfully 
Yeah, I mean, it could have just pissed Belichick off and been like, well, guess what? You're not the starter anymore. You should have been vaccinated. Sorry, bud. I think Belichick, Belichick just Belichick wants his guys that, there. But, uh, obviously, availability is... Exactly. Availability is the best ability, and that's how it goes. So, uh, Mac Jones might have been able to get himself a starting spot without having to do anything. Who knows? We'll have to see what the Patriots do. I think they're going to open up with Cam Newton still, unless he contracts COVID in the next Last thing I wanted to throw out there, the, uh, the NFL, the Pro Football Hall of Fame announced their 2022 senior finalists. There's only two. Uh, so one of these two uh, men will be in the Pro Football Hall of Fame next year, and that is former Raiders wide receiver Cliff Branch and former head coach Dick Vermeil, uh, both former Super Bowl champions. Uh, Branch was a consistent deep threat uh, over his 14-year career a three-time All-Pro, and uh, Branch, who passed away in 2019, uh, uh, would be obviously uh, a nice moment for the Raiders fans. And for Dick Vermeil, he was the uh, uh, head coach for multiple uh, great teams, including the uh, 1999 Greatest Show on Turf Rams. Uh, Had a 15-year hiatus between coaching, oddly enough, uh, after his coaching days with the Eagles. So uh, an interesting career for uh, him, too. Uh, any thoughts on either of those guys? I mean, I don't know if you're super familiar with either of them. Cliff Branch, I feel like, has been waiting for a while. I feel like I see whenever there's a Hall of Fame. Oh, well, he's he's kind of like the Drew Pearson for the Raiders. They played around the same so. time. In fact, I think Branch was older, if I'm not mistaken. Branch played from... 1972 to 1985. Okay. Fair, fair, fair. Oh, my goodness. I I think of him and and Pearson. I might have been confusing him with Pearson, honestly. So understand that he played in a much less pass-friendly time. He did have one 1,000-yard season. I want you to guess how many receptions he had that season. Uh, you would be correct. I'm gonna guess not a lot. I'll say, what's some? I'm gonna say something ridiculous. Forty-six. Seventy-one. He averaged twenty-four point two yards per oh, grab. That dude God. averaged an explosive play every time he caught the ball. That is nutty. I, even that's even so even in an era where even a lot a, of those catches were deep uh, down the field, time. that's unreal. Like, I want to say, like, usually the league leader in yards per catch, like a decade ago, were like around 17, 18 yards. Branch averaged seventeen point three over his career. Yeah, so he didn't. He only finished with five hundred catches, insane. but had you know, nearly 10,000 receiving yards to show for it and 67 touchdowns. So I could understand it. And uh, Dick Vermeil definitely uh, another interesting candidate too. Last thing I wanted to say, it uh, sounds like the TJ Watt extension is going to be happening right after the preseason game ends. sounds like they pretty much have it ready, but they're going to sign the uh, sign on the dotted line after the preseason game. Yeah, I was never really worried, so it's it's good that it's happening, but it's nothing other than what I expected. 
I knew it was going to happen that they're going to just throw him like 30 million. And I'm pretty sure it's because of like a loophole that they're doing it here. There's like there's like a provision in the the new rule book that says what does it say? It says any roster bonus in the season of signing when a contract is signed after the last preseason game are treated as a signing bonus. So the Steelers are trying to get it treated as a signing bonus, a roster bonus, is what it sounds like. It, because uh, from when they signed a new contract. That's probably why they waited. It was probably nothing about negotiation. They probably had a deal ready. They probably were just waiting for that one little clause that so that they could uh, consider have it with a different tag so it didn't count against the sal it counted against salary in a different way. All right, um, I should say. Yeah, I mean, thank God. I'm so tired of hearing about the controversy of whether or not it's going to get done. I mean, what a bunch of nonsense! Just yeah. Stupid. I mean, they were always, Steelers have always been good about paying their own. You know what's even stupider to go on a tangent? I saw people complaining that people are that they're paying T.J. Watt and making him the highest paid defensive player. I I pose the question: If you are someone that doesn't want to pay T.J. Watt to make him the highest paid player, who would well, you yeah, want to Yeah, exactly. Pay? And uh, like, are oh you waiting God. for Aaron I, I Donald to hit the market? Fans in like, Pittsburgh, especially complain about this because there's a baseball team where all people do is constantly complain about the owner not spending more money funneling money into the team so what do you want do you want them to spend money or do you want them to not spend money because i thought we were upset that people weren't spending money and now that they're talking about it now you're pissed off about it literally you're getting the second best defensive player over the the last two years and arguably should have been the best defensive player by uh voted that way last year i still hold not not this past season two yeah, years ago i, I agree guess. yeah i hold that gilmore should have yeah. won that defensive mm -hmm. player of the year and i'm still mad about it donald deserving donald i i, I can't disagree with that i think tj watt would have still been a good option and tj watt one wouldn't have been uh, mad. Uh, I obviously wouldn't have been mad about it, but like I think he would have been worthy of it, and like uh, people would have been mad that Donald didn't win it. I think those people would have been fair too, because Donald had a really good season. But Gilmore, I I watched Gilmore get burnt by Josh oh, Brown. Um, I'm not even sure Josh Brown is currently sorry, on a roster. Oakland. Oh my god, I, like Vegas. I don't understand. He's a handcuff to Henry Ruggs. <laughs> Las right Vegas. Now. Okay, so he's at least on. Yeah. So I, I just. I'm still mad about that, but yeah. So you're getting the second best defensive player, and you're paying him that way. You're not going to get Aaron Donald in whenever his contract is over. Like, like you got to get over it. You're not going to find a better defensive player than than this. And T.J. Watt is very worthy of this extension. Next year, when the next defensive players need their to get paid, like Shaq Barrett and stuff, it is going to look like a great contract, especially when the when the uh, salary cap goes up, at least hopefully the salary cap goes up next year. But I, I, I don't understand the, the not wanting to pay TJ Watt when my he is brain, literally the like the second best people used to try to like say, no, don't do this. I hear them. I hear people talk about JJ Watt. Okay. JJ Watt played a different position and people will say genetics mean something. Okay. Maybe, but there's a lot of instances where brothers are completely different what about dk metcalf and his father i want to say eric who's a lineman i mean they're built completely differently 
So, like, what what are we doing here? I mean, Christian McCaffrey's an NFL superstar. Have you, I, I mean, have, have you heard of his brothers? What about Rob Gronkowski? Have you heard of his two other brothers, Dan and Chris? Oh, yeah, he's the youngest. Yeah. He's the youngest. Uh, well, I've heard of uh, Chris and <laughs> Dan are older than Rob. And their time in the league went and gone. Done. So. Yeah. Anthony McFarland, I think. Is Anthony McFarland related to the uh, offensive lineman? I the Buccaneers, know. Anthony McFarland? I think he is, right? I think we've been over that. Pretty sure. Well, Anthony the, McFarland the, the, is the Anthony Buccaneers McFarland had a Jr. Eight. Anthony McFarland back in the early 2000s. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm pretty sure they're wait when they're you say related, w- but wait when you yeah, say Anthony so, McFarland and they're are you nothing to like if that's true because Anthony McFarland Booger McFarland. Uh, Does that that's the that's the Anthony McFarland who was on the I don't know because uh, so, no they're not related they are not related. Oh, maybe. Oh, okay, that just that just happened. Okay, my bad. Okay, so the reason I I've been making all time teams for every team. Yo, I'd uh, like to point tackle. out Brian Sykes uh, was I, I the MVP was in the 1980 season. Uh, player, just saying, but... that was no one no one's gonna know what we're talking about, but we had a discussion about it. But trash. I'm just saying, <laughs> trash. You're <laughs> <laughs> trash. But yeah, okay. I I thought that they were related because I was looking at the Buccaneers team and I was like, oh, Anthony McFarland, Anthony McFarland Jr. That makes sense. But uh, I guess it just happened to be. But regardless, point. Going back to the point. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, not like you ignore them. Don't I mean, we know the Steelers love the their time. genetics, but I mean, just because, and we've learned that injury. Just because a player gets injured a lot, it doesn't mean they're injury prone. It is possible to have a bunch of freak a- accidents or injuries on top of each other. It happens. There's a difference between, in my opinion, J.J. Watt and James Conner. So, and then on top of that, oh, I yeah, hear all sure. oh, $28, 30000000 million is quarterback sure. money. Well, for some, but have you seen the new contracts that have been given out the last two to three years? Nowadays, those contracts are $40, 45000000 million in average annual value. Uh, $30 million is a significant decrease from that. You know, so it's just not the same. And I hear, well, you could just franchise him twice and uh, you could ha- let him play out this year, franchise him twice, and then like do the Le'Veon Bell thing. But first of all, do we remember how, what a pain in the ass that was a couple years ago? Number one, number two, even if he does come in and play that, why would you want to piss the guy off like that? What if he's great? Uh, let's not forget he's he, yeah he might decline but I don't think he will. James Harrison was a defensive player of the year at age thirty. Players will have good seasons past the age of thirty. Cam Hayward broke out I think at age twenty nine. That that was his first truly great season. Are, are we really that concerned with that? And then on top of that, the franchise tag value people are using I've seen it said like less than fifty million for the next three years. That's just not correct. The franchise tag value is not known because it's based on previous year's average from the top 10 positions, top 10 paid players at that position. So it's not something, it's not a value you know. You can't possibly know what it is. So that's not right. That's not right. It's incorrect. And a lot of people are biting on that and it's wrong. And then I hear another argument. Oh, well, then you'll have to pay Minka Fitzpatrick next year. Okay. And 
Yes, yes, thank you. Yes, thank yeah, you. Yeah, like, you're, you're exactly like, okay, correct. Like, that's, oh, Jamal that's Adams what we just got paid. Too. He got overpaid. You, you know, whatever. That's a <laughs> that's a that's another conversation if you want to have it. But his value is at seventeen and a half million. Is it the end of the world if Minka Fitzpatrick makes twenty million a year average annual value? I mean, that might be a little high, but that's a right around where it's going to be. Why is that so bad? I mean, you're you're apparently looks like you're not going to be paying a quarterback next year. Isn't the idea to be doing stuff like this? People just want to be mad to be mad, and I'm, I, I've had enough of it. I'm ready for the season to start, but thank God this contract is getting done. Yeah, I'm ready for the season to start. <laughs> yeah, we can move on past that, and then we can be mad that yeah. Minka Fitzpatrick wants twenty million a year. Are you kidding me? <laughs> that, that that'll, that'll be the next one. Man's only had like yeah, yeah. nine interceptions. He'll, he'll have four in interceptions instead of five this year. Two and then years, it'll be like, with oh, the I don't know if we want to pay that guy. Mm. Yeah, two former two times. Uh, he it regressed. Could be an he year, regressed. But even if he's not, even if he just makes the Pro Bowl, it's like, oh, he wasn't as good. And it's like, you know, well, I don't know what to tell you, people, but uh, I think we've made our point. All right. Well, uh, I think we're about ready to wrap things yeah. up here. Anything else you wanted to mention? All right. Well, I wanted to let everyone know no, that's listening that's that we have some exciting news. We have moved our podcast officially to uh, Anchor. Anchor is an awesome website by Spotify that uh, creates dashboards for these websites. So um, you can find it a little more easily. We have our own page on there and it distributes our podcast on a bunch of different things, including breaker, Google podcasts, pocket casts, radio public, and also on Spotify. And of course, as always, we'll also post it on YouTube. So there's plenty of places to see our podcast now. And if you want to see that visit the website, anchor.fm slash stronger than steel. That is how you find our new uh, hub for our website and our old blog website. Uh, we haven't really had any activity on it in a while. I have some new plans in the work for it, but uh, in the meantime, please feel free to visit our anchor website. That'll be listed in the description below and feel free to check it out. We're excited about it. So um, uh, feel free to find it on any of those platforms. Give it a like. And uh, if you want to give us feedback, please email us at stronger than steel podcast at gmail.com uh, until next time. Uh, Austin and I will be talking about the Steelers week three or sorry, week two preseason game against the Detroit Lions. And we'll also preview the annual finale against the Carolina Panthers until next time, Austin, thank you for joining me and ladies and gentlemen listening. Thank you for joining us today on the stronger than steel podcast. Have a good night. Goodbye. You have been listening to Stronger Than Steel Podcast. Thank you for joining us today, and don't forget to check out our website listed in the description below.